Hello, welcome to our episode one of our Tripod Rugby Chats, only on Spotify. I'm here with my heavies. How are you doing, lads? Great. Good. Um, so a lot of them, right, a lot yeah. of people already know these. Um, so we're going to introduce ourselves and we're going to talk the world of rugby and all the crap what comes with it. So firstly, my co-host, how are you doing, Joe? Uh, great, mate. How are you? Yeah, decent. How are you enjoying, how are you enjoying lockdown? Oh, phenomenal, mate. Loving every single minute of it, honestly. We can, tell by, the, we can tell by the hair, it's uh, really new uh, justice, mate. So, oh, um, Oh, yeah. Taking a if anyone wants one. <laughs> <laughs> Decent. Uh, Josh Nickel as well. You alright? How you doing? I am very uh, good. Lockdown How Street you? you well as well. Yeah, decent. Yep. Um, Sounds like a really we're also here. We're also here with oh. Nal Cooney. Hello, everyone. How you doing? You alright? <laughs> Just chilling, you know. All we're going to be really talking about, like I said, the world of rugby. We're having a bit of a beer, having a bit of a laugh with it as well. Uh, so, first question, lads, and I want your honest opinion, okay? Your um, favourite rugby player. And I'm not meaning me either, so you need to think outside the box. No, you wouldn't even fit in that category, if I'm honest. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> so, favourite rugby player. Go. You want to go first? It's a hard one. We'll go, we'll go, uh, we'll go co-host first. Um, I would say, growing up, I think Sam Bergman like, Best like favorite player of all time in the rugby league sense. I want to go to rugby union sense because he had a bit of a shocker, as we say the least. But yeah, it's like I watched his documentary quite a lot of times growing up. But before a game, that I love that, and I talked about how he he inspired me. He want he how he grew up and how he looked after his dad at a young age and how he did all that. And yeah, loved it. And he probably want, that's how I got into rugby really. Because of him, yeah. and he's a better play after that. Definitely. We used to love watching his like his videos on uh, YouTube and just him absolutely fucking up through for me, my my. Remember, oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, he was a bloody animal. The, the one thing I remember, Sam Burgess, when he ran over Sonny Bill Williams when he came back to Sydney. Yeah. Sonny Bill thought he was the bee's knees, and then Burgess ran him over. I was like, wow, phenomenal, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. that's Sam Burgess, am I, and me. Nice, good start. Josh Nicholl, go on, tell us your favourite rugby player. And it can't be you either, because your career ended it when you were 16. <laughs> 17, I'll let you know. Um, you know what, it's, it's a hard one, because I think through rugby union, I don't really care about Lee, to be honest, but uh, through rugby union, I'd say, do you know what, I'm going to have to go with Brian Habana. I think right. growing up, okay. interesting turning up for, like, I remember the 2007 World Cup, and oh my god, he was unreal. I don't, I don't know if any of you watched it. But I was only yeah. seeing <laughs> And he just England, a new one. I just remember being, I want to be like him. But the problem is, I'm probably about 10 stone heavier and <laughs> not as quick. And the key, the key thing that stands out, I don't know if any of you seen it, when he raced the cheetah. Don't know if he raced the cheetah. Oh, no, yeah, I, I knew that, yeah. Raced the cheetah. I, so I forgot who's won, but I think Brian Abana would eat a cheetah alive. Right. That's a fair enough. Go on, Niall. Tell us yours. Well, I'm going to go for another winger, believe it or not, but I think you'll, you're going to guess where this is going to go. For my favourite player, I'm going to probably say of all time, one that I look up to and inspires me, I've got to say Jonah Loma. Definitely. And I only, yeah, I just... Yeah. I, that might seem like a bit cliche, but he was... Well, growing up, obviously, I played rugby 
all my life from tag going to contact and then playing senior rugby. And then he was the first poster I had on my wall and I used to wake up and see him and I'm like, oh, he's awesome. And then see clips of him. But my dad was shown and I'm like, I want to be like him, as Nicole said, like he wants to be like Habana. I want to be as strong, as powerful and as fast. And yeah, just a great role model as well. And my dad, I, I think I've shown you before, Jones, a picture mm-hmm. of... Lomu and my dad, my dad haven't met him, and my dad had to say the same thing, just a humble, you know, humble guy, generous, kind, all that stuff, and just those, you know, being a role model on and off the pitch is a good aim for me, so yeah. That's so right, yeah, I, I would not want to be in front of Lomu if I was a winger. Right. <laughs> no, <too laughs> if he ran at me at full, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, mate, you go through, I, I'm not touching you, mate. No chance. Clean the ball for you before you put it down for you. Oh, I. <laughs> Give me a couple of pints, oh. I'll have him. Give me a couple of pints, I'll have him. <laughs> it's like that run straight challenge on, you know, like we see on social media. How, oh, how much would you pay? Honestly. How much would you be paid to, well, we'll say it right. So let's say Jonah Lomi, right, in his in his day, how much money would you have to be paid to be to just uh, run straight at him? I no. reckon it's a privilege to get run over by Jonah Lomi. Yeah, the, only, the only payout I'm taking is compensation from one of broken my neck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. Come on, that's insane. I'd say Decent. no. I'm, I was just going to say ten million. That genuinely, 10 million. Million. yeah, that's a privilege. I'd do it for free. if I had to do it because I can't see it. Can't see it tickling. To be honest, nope. You're a nice wheelchair. Ten million. To be fair. Yeah, gold as well, yeah. And diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Right. This is an interesting one. This is gonna be an interesting one. Go on. So favorite rugby game. This can include you playing, or it can include like you know, watching. It could be either codes. What's what's your thoughts? I I would turn around and say first, um probably the White to West uh rugby league, Saints versus Bradford. Uh, the White West try, and you lads probably won't know that because uh, you're rugby union. But literally, saying to lose. What's that? I know, I know the White West. Yeah, I know. Try. I meant, I meant the other lads. I meant the other lads. That right, Saints were losing, and we managed to get a we get a, managed to get a penalty. We kick it. To, uh, we we try. We take the uh, it was scum fault, weren't it? And he took the quick tap, um, and then we the the game went on after the hooter through an extra. What was it like? Maybe thirty Probably seconds, minute. Yeah, and yeah. um, we we won. Probably up there with one of the greatest tries and one of the probably the greatest games that I've watched. So go on, co-host Joe. What's the favourite game? I got. I'll go for both codes. I'll go for league and union. Uh, for my league, it will have to be Wigan Warrington twenty thirteen grand final. Probably uh, my first ever grand final I ever went to with my dad. Uh, losing sixteen two in the first half and come back and win 30 points to 6, 16, which was probably the, the highlight of my watching rugby. And for Union, same year, how I got into Union was, with this game, it was the Lions tour in Australia <laughs> when George North uh, sidestepped everyone and went straight through. Well, George North had an absolute cracking series when, when he picked up Fallow and dumped him. Yeah. It's, it's just, He's a phenomenal player. I'm just a shame he's Welsh. Sorry for all the any, any Welsh listeners, I'm sorry, but I'll be happy if he was English, I tell you what. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, that's probably one of 
best two games I've ever watched. It's just end-to-end stuff, and it's very exciting. It's like proper gets you into the game. It's like if you're a neutral as well, even better. Definitely. Go on, Nicole. Oof. Um, playing it. Do I? I haven't really played in a lot. <laughs> uh, I'd have to say, you know what, I think playing in Lanks Cup final for Southport, I think, got done over by Liverpool Collegiate the year before. And then, but then we went to Fylde, you know Fylde Clubhouse, you know Fylde supporters, they're all pro-Fylde. Yeah. It's, it's a weird place up there. Sorry, Fylde. But, yeah. um, <laughs> we could tag Southport in, but we can't tag, we can't tag Fylde. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad was coach say that as you want but um, we were just playing and I just remember seeing all these filed faces just drop because we were stuffing them at their home in the final and I think that that Southport team was amazing and to play in that was just good um, I could also say be Kirk and debut but that didn't last long <laughs> uh, but my favourite game to watch and I've been to Twickenham, and I'm privileged to be Twickenham to a couple of times, but England versus New Zealand 2012. Mm. What a game for England. And it, it wasn't really the best England team. I mean, they performed very well, but for example, we had Tom Young's, he went and go. Um, but it was an unreal game. We beat them. Uh, Chris Ashton did his highlight, point to the sky. Beautiful. And, New Zealand did like a 12-man line-out, I believe. Didn't work. Uh, but it was just such an entertaining game to watch. Nice. Um, I, think, I think any game, when you go to Twickenham, like, it's just, it's just another, it's just another step, up, like, step, up, bleh, step up from yeah. any type of... I know we've all been to, you know, we've all been to like the big crowds and stuff, and yeah, it's nice, but I think Twickenham, just because of what it is and what it, what it represents, it's, it's, it's amazing to go watch a game live in it. I know, yeah, as well, it would feel like it feels surreal as well if you go to a big stadium like an iconic stadium mm. like, Wembley, like Wembley and Twickenham. You, you, after that, you don't remember it. I don't remember going Wembley. It was only when I was 13. I don't remember going. He was, he was pissed on the WKD. He was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're good old days. Then, but... I, just, I just think you get lost in the moment. I mean, there's nothing like 80,000 people singing Swing Low Sweet Chariot before a game. And... All that and just chanting England and supporting and just the cheers, the, sh- the sheer roar when someone scores a try. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, Niall finishes off. Not oh, in that way. But... <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> in terms of the game I've played, probably the most memorable one for me as a young 16 year old playing in the first team game, Kirkham v Sebba. And it was going into. Um, our third year to see if we could keep up the winning streak and I remember it was just all the big hype going into it about two months of preparation just constant training we get there and you know I'm sure most of you know what it's like it said but astonishing crowds you got the the trumpets just all, all of them like you know cheering singing from their support and so it's quite intimidating but to go out there and then we win I remember the score 15-9 and um it all fell silent. It was just, it was crazy. And then all the Kirkham lads were shouting and I, I was ecstatic, obviously. But then all the Sebba was just, you could hear a penny drop and that was just the epitome of like the best game I've ever played in. Just to know that we'd got one over on them. It was just, uh, awesome. But in terms of watching a game, <coughs> it was just, it, it was at Murrayfield and my brother got into 
the cup final with his team. He was this was I think if I'm correct in saying semi professionals playing for Melrose against a team called Air, and I was only young, so it was about seven eight years ago at this point. But I went to Murrayfield, watched him play, and I can't remember the score, but it was just fantastic watching my own brother play at somewhere as you know revered as Murrayfield. As you think think about it, steeped in tradition with Twickenham, all that stuff. So it was just it was an honour to watch my brother play at a high level, and you know just get in there. So yeah. Bears, you know what? I'm going to follow on from that question. Well, I, this is what I was going to do before, and we're going to do a bit of a tier list. Go so on. really on the spot. Joe, you can have your input as well. You might, you, you know, you might be a bit biased. Because, you know, lads, we're probably going to be biased towards this. I'm going to give you five schools, okay? I want you to put them in tier of goat down to shite. And I'm not meaning being, I'm not being rude or anything. It's, it's just because it'll be different levels and stuff. So I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you the, uh, give you them one at a time, and I want you to put them in a uh, in a list, and then I'm going to write the list down, okay? So it will go goat, god, average, meh, shit. Okay. Bit of a drop. God and good. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, god, average, okay. Um, I'm going to give you the schools. Only one of each school, okay, this one makes it a bit difficult. Only one of each school can go in one of the tiers. So does Ooh. that make sense? Okay. Right. So in no particular order, okay, we've got Sebba. Oh, well, it's where I'd like to... <laughs> what do you mean in no particular order? <laughs> in no particular order. Out. This is the thing. This is what's going to make it a bit, this going to make it a bit controversial because we've got three Kirkham lads here, okay? Try. So where are you going to put Sebba? Same colours. Well, be really careful I, I, okay, what you just, say <laughs> because depending on who's listening, right, depending on who's listening, could determine, you know, the hate on this podcast. So you need to, you need to be careful. Well, no. Can I ask one, one of you lads a background? About the school, right? Right. Go on, Niall. <laughs> you, you, while you play, <laughs> is that is it all con- uh, countries, all schools within England, the UK? N- none outside, just all. Good question. Yeah, yeah. They're all in. They're all in England. They're all in the UK. And what? What are the top three ones again? How do you classify the top three? So it's goat, got right. average, meh, shit. Right. So, Nicole, what's your input? It's, it is a rivalry. Um, I think it's less of one now, but that team with Cam Redpath, Tom Curtis, Josh Hodge. I mean, <laughs> well, no, to me, got, you've got to think objectively, haven't you? Like, yeah, but this is what make it, This is why it's making it a bit difficult because I could have just turned around to you and gone, "You can put any in it, any any tier list." You know, you can put them in every any tier. But this is making it a bit difficult because you know who's going to come up in a minute, and you need to just think. Just so just think about it. Where, where depending look look at look at the past ten years of Sebba. It's only been recently, I'd say. But still they've had they've had some great players come through Sebba. Okay. I'll ask you well, once at a time, got, okay? They've had, uh, they've got current world well, yeah. international now, haven't they? As another Sebba. Uh, so uh tight head proper think I think, unless I'm mistaken, something Francis, the tight head, I think he was a old Sebba boy. Think. Don't we have the others because it's hard right, to I'll, just... I'll give you the list, right? Okay, I'll give you the list. Okay. So, Sebba. Yep. Harrow. Yeah. Denstone. Kirkham. Millfield. Go up straight away. Denstone shite. Out of those lists, Denstone shite. <laughs> Do you agree with that? I was good. Yeah. Denstone. 
Dennis Dodd. I played this. I'm just, this is just five quick to my mind. So, Denson, we're putting at the bottom, okay? So, we've got Seba, Harrow, Kirk, and Millfield. Harrow, meh. Okay. Yeah, but I think that's recently. I mean, you look at the view the polars they've came through there. I'm sure one of the. One of the right, okay, well. fine. If you're talking yeah. about that, then yeah, I'm talking about recent experience. They've had yeah. standout players that I've played against. Uh, for example, didn't Harrow beat Kirkham in the uh, a couple of years ago? Yes, they did, and they had their fullback, who is now at Ealing Trailfinders as well. He was playing in that game, and yeah, just talk like standout players like that. But overall, um, yeah, I I think of them and think, yeah, great pass pass players steeped in tradition, etc, etc. But really, in the top three, I don't so, think... Do you want to put them as meh? Are yeah. you sure about that? I am tagging them in this. Yeah, as you may. Are you tagging Dez? Really, I'm, really. okay. I'm joking. Yeah, right. So, so putting them as meh. Okay, so now you've got Millfield, Kirkham, Sebba. Oh, well, I think <laughs> we've all gone silent. See, <laughs> no, it's a hard three because Millfield ended Sebba's run. So it's almost like that is true. How, how much is, does that, that very true. And look how many times to get into the uh, well, what's what's the code which they, they always uh, enter? Yeah, Royal, is it Royal Mail? Look how many Maybe times not. they always get into the top four. They always, <laughs> no, it's, well, it's the whatever, whichever uh, the cup is, it's named after a newspaper. But look how many times they get into the uh, they either the semis or the final. They've been in so many times and they always they always do well. And coming from personal experience as well, um, playing Seba Tens back in 2017, playing against Millfield, like, you didn't have a group of... You didn't have any individual, like, outstanding, like, world-class international players. From what I can remember, I may be wrong, but overall you yeah. had a whole section of hard-working, you know, good players, and they're a hard team to overcome, so... Yeah, it's, it's, so it's difficult. That's it's difficult. This is the call you need to make. It's here you put um, Millfield in average, and then you have to battle Sebra and Kirkham out of the top, or you put Millfield up, and you have to eliminate one of them, one of your one of your big ones. What do you want to say? Right. Okay. Um, I, if oh, go on, Nicole. Sorry. What I'm going to say is that blue thrown through, so Millfield meh, meh, or average, 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 yeah. average. average. I agree. Okay, so you've got Goat and God. Okay, so you can either put Kirkham at the top or you can put Sebba. So this is where it's really going to um, be uh, a difficult one to, to talk about. Um, I'm gonna... Go on. Oh, no, no I'm, my logical is that having used my game as an example and the game I played in in 2019, was it, Nicole? Where we, we lost Sebba at home. That was 18. 18, sorry. I get lost in the time. But what you've got to consider was that many people said that was a very good schoolboy level game. And it was, you know, it was a war of attrition. You had, and it has been for the however many years of rivalry. But what separates Kirkham from Sebba, in my personal opinion, is that you take, uh, you've got ability (laughs) and you've got skill, you've got the work, but then you've got the facilities that come with it. And Mm -hmm. the fact that, I'm not saying Kirkham have any bad facilities at all, but compared to, you, do you see what I'm trying to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, compared to what they have access to, 
I feel like you could argue that the skill and you know and there should be greater. I don't know. It's it's, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult. That's why one. that's why it's so difficult. This is why we I wanted to put you on the spot, really, because this is a really difficult question. Because we all came from Kirkham. We we you know hashtag bleed ble- ble- blue everything yeah. But is it really pointing it to the facts of me really being a bit of a dick here and saying, ah, oh, Sebba, you know, better. They are great. You can't, you can't take that away for them. No, they are. Look at the plays what come out. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Sebba yeah, is I'm an not... amazing rugby school. I'm not, I'm really not yeah. turning around saying, ah, oh. but he's it's looking at it logically as what, how many players come out of Sebba and how many players come out of Kirkham. But then in the last few years, we've had a lot of players come out who have been probably better. What, from Kirkham? I think. Yeah, yeah no, but th- this is what I mean, because the expectation from Sebba, but I feel like Kirkham will always consistently deliver, even when people rate them as the underdogs. We are always seeing the so, underdogs. I think also... Okay, um, I'll, give, right, have... I'll give you... Right, 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 okay, right, scrap. You have five seconds to decide, both of you, and then whoever oh, it comes oh, out of, that's what's going at the top. Okay, ready? So five... Well, four. no, uh, easy, Kirkham. Kirkham okay, go. So Kirkham at go. Always. Always. Do you want Sebba? I'd... What? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's right, hard. This is the final thing then. Joe, final input. Kirkham or Sebba? Uh, I don't know. Any, any way to school. I'll flip a coin. And now I'm going to go for Kirkham. Oh, yeah, Kirkham. Do what? Screw it. Screw <laughs> Sebba. Screw the Browns. Taylor's <laughs> <laughs> done. Joe was only hoping it was going to be five uh, for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Next one. Very, very, very simple, okay? You're going out on a night out, right? You're with the boys, lockdown's over, okay? What's that first drink you're getting? Porn star martini. Porn star martini. Guinness. No. Nice pint of Guinness, Joe? Guinness. Guinness. I'd, I'd probably go for like a Guinness. Oh, no, but... oh, no. I'd be in seriousness, though. A nice pint of, what's it called? Peroni. Okay, decent, yeah. yeah. Or a, a vodka Red Bull. That's 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 a good oh, one. Christ Almighty! Yeah. Yeah. No Tropical Red Bull and rum. Oh, we do the thirteen-year-old Joe and just get the WKDs out. Get it, get it. Quick Next one, okay. Oh. Wait, that makes a a, a cheeky vinto. Yes, Maybe yes, really good. good, decent. Right. So this is quite a good one. So this can either be rugby league or union. A favorite rugby play. So, for example, there was um, an amazing, okay, in the first, we'll, we'll talk about the Six Nations in a bit, but there was an amazing uh, line out from Scotland against England. It weren't, weren't like, you know, it weren't amazing, amazing, but it was just really well executed where they threw it over the, li- the line out. Um, I don't know, who, was it Russell who got it at 10 maybe? And then had like a bang inside ball straight to Cam, Red, uh, Cam Redpath and uh, he aimed straight at Owen Farrell. And they made they made some like some great damage on that. So I would probably say a nice play off a line out. You can't go wrong. Okay. Next up, who wants to go? Who wants to take the ropes? Go uh, on, Nickel. Oh. You can go. Scrum time, mate. Nothing better than a scrum time. If you push the opposition off the ball, mate. It's just better than scoring the try. You win their ball from the scrum. Hopefully now that me up here. Go on. Scrum time. How good's a scrum time? Winning the opposition ball. Oh, yeah, 100%. Turn that over, it's just, ah, oh, nothing like it. What kind of play off the, uh, what kind of play off the scrum? Like, really, 
I'll get you going because I don't think the opposite team would, uh, you know, find it. You know, they won't appreciate if you start getting off on it. But what kind of what kind of thing really, you know, does it for you from a scrum? What kind of move? What do you mean that our team does? Any kind of thing. I'd say from the from the back of a scrum, a Stacey two, if you remember that. I watch that to see Stacey. that. Of course. How how could you not forget? You forget Stacey. Stacey two. Oh, break it down. Break it down for the viewers so they know what they're. Yeah, running. so it go, goes to fly half, and then who are the runners run, running? Like who? It's the wing of it gets it, isn't it? Yeah, it's off yeah. a it's off a, an inside ball, isn't it? Yeah, but then it's. He turns his back almost, and then no one's seeing what's going on. And then suddenly, it's it's either the center. No, I think it's the center. Sorry, it's the center that gets it. Outside center. The outside center. Yeah, I think it's meant but to look just... like we've messed up from the back of a scrum. But then so you never see it coming, and then yeah, you don't yeah. expect it. Yeah. Well, we... yeah, that was quite a clever one. Uh, there's also a really nice one from a scrum where you have to I don't know how they do it, but it kind of comes out to the to, to the flanker. And then it's like an inside ball. Don't yeah. know how it, it was quite weird. Or something. It, was, it was quite quick, but like literally the, the flanker somehow got it. And then it was like a, it was like a turn, like the Stacey two, back to the eight. And then the eight kind of like just right. It was a weird. It was a weird move. But there's something online to that. Um, rugby league. Go on, Joe. Give us a. Still with the scrums. Um, I think I've seen it twice, and I, and I really like the play when it comes up when it came, when it comes off. Should I say? The, the Coronel Sharks in Australia did it first in the grand final. Yeah, the thirteen takes it out to the blind side, and the second person, on your second row, will come out or full back inside ball because you've isolated the scrum half and you're under sticks. And I think Saints did it two years ago against Salford. Um, I think it was Roby came out the scrum and Zeb Tate came back on the inside ball. Or was it Morgan Knowles? It was one of them. Yeah, it was. It was. Um... Yeah, it was it was the Morgan Knowles try. It was yeah. Uh, it's just um, a beautiful piece, it's like a nice little no look pass, and then it just isolates defenders really quickly. Nice to watch. Nice, Cooney. Do you agree with the scrums? Um, so you talk about my favourite play. Uh, so are you talking strictly set play or either? So you know it can but be from I, a set I'm, piece. I'm, what I'm thinking of is a specific. Um, it was just a sequence. Uh, New Zealand, this is a clip from the ball instead twenty two of a long kick, but then the barbar ran it back, did a load of sidesteps, a load of pop off now and then just a nice dive try in the corner. It's it sounds simple, but you can only you know gauge how special it is just from watching it. Uh, I know it's back in the day, but oh, it's just fantastic. Awesome. So moving on, this is where it's gonna get a bit into detail. So if there's anyone listening in and you know you don't want to hear some conversations this may be where you have to skip it for another you know 20 minutes or so um right so apart from joe <laughs> oh actually no including joe sorry uh we've all we've all been in, involved with some uh, funny rugby stories so what i mean by that uh we can i'll, I'll go with my so i'll just I'll give you that so that gives you some sort of idea of what i'm trying to say okay so first week when we were at boarding and I lost a bet with a player. Keep out of this just in case, just because and I lost a bet. Literally, it was to throw something into a bin or something pathetic like that. And the way that the, the bet was <coughs> at, I had to stand on a chair and <laughs> flash the full, flash the full 
school at four. Okay, so yeah, that's that. That was the first part of it, and it was like, it was quite embarrassing. You see, but you know, you you on with things, and you just carry on. So the next part, which the reason I carried on doing it, and I was like, right, I'll just carry on because I didn't do the bet book. I clearly I did. Is I was on the first team pitch, and it was absolutely remember the weather. It was absolutely pouring down. It was like minus three degrees. Yeah, just cold. Slide on the first team pitch in this massive puddle, naked, and I mean in no socks. So that's how that's how far we're going. Uh, so I had to basically go round the school commando, has and a teacher actually came out and he nearly caught me. But luckily I was quite slender at the time. You know, good seventy nine kg. Uh, kept me uh, hidden. I managed to then go in. Yeah, so that's my little story. So we're going to move on. So now you now you know the kind of extent of what. We're we're trying to go to uh, Nickel first. So tell us, you know, not one-off if anyone's getting a scholarship to go but to really kind of stress uh, how how fun these stories can be. Let's go Let's go for a nice little one. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had a phone. I was just chilling and boarding. I, um, I had my phone and it was, it was on stress of boarding. I'd just been training. And I was just, I was hungry, and I probably hadn't, and I was like, no, I'm not in. And then, um, over me, I started smashing my phone, my bare hands, started smashing it against the floor, hammering it and all, and I'm like, oh my god, what am I doing? I chuck it in the bin, and like, that's it, just leave us alone, all that, and people asking, you okay? I'm fine, just leave me alone. Like, I've smashed up my phone, and that's that, I can't talk to, and that's that, and then something comes over me, I'm thinking, I'm like, so I need a new phone, but I'm gonna need that phone out of phone that's been taken out into the bins to play the insurance. Hmm, I've made a made a bit of a blunder here, haven't I? So, <laughs> so I do the appropriate thing the next night. I, I, I go bin <laughs> nickel. Come on, it's not even that deep. I just go. <laughs> I go bin. You what? The bin or the story was not deep. Yeah, yeah, no, I climbed right in that bin and I was chucking all the rubbish out a little bit. And then the board now smelt and he was like, What in the hell are you doing? That's not what it looks like. And then they're, you know, pissing themselves. I'm like, It's exactly what it looks like. I'm looking for my amongst every single bag in the whole of the bin and the other one as well. And I smelt awful. And then I think I had water chucked on me as well. It was shocking. Absolutely shocking. You're not sure how to someone. Right, go on. Um, Nicola, have you thought of one? I'm going to go with a story that, again, I'm going to leave some people nameless. It involved a bottle of navy rum. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's it's one of those days. uh, It was someone's birthday. I can say the name his birthday is. They're not really involved in the yeah. story. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you don't include him. You it's Blake's birthday him. coming up soon. <laughs> I'm going to get him something nice. The nice walk down to Morrison's. I saw this bottle of Navy rum. I was like, that looks like the type of person to drink rum. I bought him the rum. Mm-hmm. Came back. And we're sat in your room, I believe it's Jones. Mm-hmm. Were you there? <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit blurry. <laughs> um... I remember well, coming you... in and it'd be already being half drunk. So then I then I, then I then I carried on coming in then, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll join in." So so we sat around 
and uh, we're just sipping from this room, you know, as you do. Uh, time goes. Uh, I think think I, we took it in turns, Mission Impossible style, to grab some cordial, if you remember, from the, oh, yeah. the cordial yeah, yeah. dispenser yeah. to make it a little nicer. So uh, I sneak off, third vision, see some exchange students along the way. Hello, hello, you know, being all friendly, trying to mm-hmm. act basically as in incognito mode at, at all <laughs> nice. Nice and stealthy. We get back. Anyway, time by fires. It's ten thirty bedtime. Bottle's gone. Not a drop left. Oh, I walk in. and it's the same nice. time we've got our mock exams. And um, a staff member goes to me, "Have you got any exams tomorrow, Josh?" And I went, "Yeah, got a biscuit exam." <laughs> 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 she went, "What? Went, a biscuit exam?" I was meant to say business, so it's it's, it's easily washed up to and she she looked uh, up and down. All right, all right, see you later, Miss. Just walked off. <laughs> yeah, but we're trying we're, we're trying not to uh, enforce drinking on a on a weekday. Really, um, this was a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jones. Oh, so, so yeah. Speaking of drinking, just a quick one. I've got a story that involved me and Nicola at the same time that I think is worth hearing. If that's a, okay, so let's let's uh, turn it back to rugby dinner. If we um, I'm, which one lower or upper? So let's uh, Nickel no one world's fattest man or oh oh, oh. Yeah, yeah yeah that was disgusting to watch. So yeah, so it's me, uh, Josh Nickel, and another of the rugby lads. We get nominated for this award. And um, it's just a r- rugby dinner to explain in short. It's just a little uh, celebration of with the players and teachers being partly present, but then they leave soon after. So then it's just <laughs> up to the players. Yeah, it's just absolutely carnage. Absolute carnage indeed. And then um, yeah, so we get nominated, and what we have to do is what, what was it? We have to eat two rows of chocolates. The sickly, I think they were Gillian. Yeah, the Gil- uh, yeah, the yeah. Proper. So, as f- fast as we can, um, and then we had to drink half a pint of Bailey's, didn't we? Yeah. And this was pr- prior to us drinking before, and then yeah, so do that as quickly as we could. Nickel absolutely polished it off without a problem. <laughs> Ab- yeah, I've never never seen anything like it. He absolutely smashed it. And there's me struggling. I- I'm going to be sick, but I somehow make it through. And then I do it, and I, I'm actually haven't been sick. I rushed the toilet, but I haven't been sick. I'm like, right, I, I made it through. But then we're we're all calming down. We're all sitting in our gear, whatever <laughs> we're sitting in. And then fast forward, I'm uh, I see this big picture of vodka and coke, and I thought, you know what, that, that looks delectable. I'm going to drink that. I take the whole picture, and I'm chugging from it, and then I don't feel too good at all. And I'm sitting in my chair, and. Uh, all I can remember is the lads just slap me in the face, just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Honestly, absolutely gone out of it. Next thing you know, blackout. And I wake up next morning, well, must have been half six, seven. And from the lasagna we'd had previous night, all over the bed, all over the walls, all over the sink, all over the, all over everywhere. It was absolutely shocking. Sounds uh, like you And no, was, do, not re- do not remember a thing after the, after me passing out with that picture, so yeah, sounds like you, fantastic. Yeah, it's, that was like me and Lower. It was absolutely, and then I decided they 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 had babies or something like. Do you know, like t- toy babies at the at the rugby dinner. And for some reason, I woke oh, up. Oh god, yeah. One. 
Don't know why. <laughs> right, I, I, go on, I'm, Joe. I'm give us a, give us a um, I don't know. Give 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 us a, a funny story from your end. So this was in 2018. I went on a in college. Went on a trip to Catalan, which is a big safe of France. Yeah. Perpignan. Uh, Perpignan. And uh, we stayed in this hostel. Well, they weren't in Perpignan itself. It was just on the outside, outskirts of Perpignan. Um, and we we was all doing kayaking for two days. So after the two days, we went back to the hostel. Um, we've not had proper anything to eat or drink. So I'm thinking, oh, there's a food van down the road. Oh, wow. Got a burger. Burger and chips. Oh, wow. So I've gone down um, burger van. A few of my mates, and they, they, they're selling beer. They're selling like Desperados, Heineken, Stella, Artois. And I'm thinking, tough two days, definitely will get a Stella. You know, then wife beaters, you know, love them. You had the, uh, the tank top on as well. Oh, I t- tank top, shorts, <laughs> sunglasses, proper proper British. Yeah. Proper British look. So I went to the figure and I was like, uh, speak, trying to speak French, and I couldn't speak French. And I was like, burger, two beers, two Stellas, burger. That, like, yeah. So. He did say yes, I'm what you know. He's doing all. He <laughs> <laughs> get he's done a burger. I'm just waiting for the beers and he does the beers. But with the college trip, the teachers come with you, and no. first, don't do any alcohol. You get caught with alcohol, basically. So as soon as I got past the alcohol, my teacher came round the corner and I said, and everyone's going, "Shit, teacher's here, job, hide him." So the first thing I do is not take him off and hide him. I tell him to put him back. So I put him back. And he's looking at me like. like so I'm shouting in English, put him back. He's looking going, why do you want to put him back? You just paid for him. I was like, no, no, put him back, put him back. Um, I was screaming at him, and the teacher came round. Oh, I think I'm frozen. Oh, you're all right. I think I'm frozen. Oh, back in? Yeah, you, yeah you're fine. Oh, wow. I thought it was frozen on my screen, sorry. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so what have, you, what have you purchased? Togs? And I was like, nothing, just, just a burger. So what you got to drink? He's like, no. So he looked away and I grabbed the beers quickly and I hit him in the bush, <laughs> thinking I've got away with it. But he knows what I've bought because he sees yeah. Because fucking stupid me, I've still holding him when he's telling me what we got there. And I went, oh, he got a burger. <laughs> so I put him in the bush thinking, go away with it, got away with it. He comes, sits next to me, yeah. And he leans over and put his arm around my shoulder. So I'm thinking, a bit weird, put his arm around my shoulder. <laughs> leans over. <laughs> Grabs me beers and goes, what's this? I'm thinking, ah, oh, it's just a, just a healthy beverage. Yeah, when he pulled him down the drain. Oh, oh mate. Got it. He says, like, not anymore. Not says, got to tell the college about this. Got to tell the college. He didn't tell the college. Gobshite. So. <laughs> Wait, how old were you at the time? I was 17 at the time. But in France, it's legal. Like, you're 16, over there, 16, you, you don't have to drink over there. That's fair. That's, fair. that's, not, yeah, that's not bad, actually. Right, but but I was I was gutted. A seventy-year-old figure as well, lad. That he's got a Stella, and next bit is the, yeah. You think he, you know what? Down the drain. Best thing he could have done then was, you know what? Fair enough. Like, you know what? Have your beers, and then I'll come and join you, and we'll get some Jaeger bombs or something. Yeah, no, did happen? Did it happen? Did not? He just made me decide. Look at seventeen-year-old, cry his eyes out when you see beer like pouring in front and down the drain. Like. <laughs> fair enough. Right, this is the uh, the final little question that I've got. Okay. Uh, before we go to a little uh, intermission, okay. So, have you any of you lads got a match ritual? Match ritual. So I'll start it off. Every single game when I'm training, before I actually get on the pitch, I keep my gum shield in my left pocket, in my left sock. You know, like in the, you know, just in the. Do you know what I mean? 
Always do it. Always have. Your right foot sounded good anyway, so. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. First one's for first up. I'll go first. Go on, then. Go on. Um, mine was, I had to listen to proper hard metal or techno before a game. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. I go, I have to hard before I get on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I had to listen to like, proper bassy music to get me into it. And then I had to eat an omelette every every game day. If I don't eat an omelette, I have a bad game. I've had a bad game because I'm not it right. And that, that was really it. If I didn't eat my omelette, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, Bonnie. Fair. <laughs> Go on, Nicole. Uh, do you know what? I think coming into the game, I never, I don't really get nervous. So I, I think, think for the match ritual, I always like to be out first on the field. If someone's out there first, it doesn't seem because if I'm out there first, I like to see, especially with the Kirken games and other games, there's a crowd building. Like you take it in, it just settles. We me. don't, we don't have a drum though. No, yeah, we don't, we don't need a drum. No. We've got, we got half a yard. But, <laughs> I'm always ready for a game. I don't think there's anything that could get me psyched for a game. Nothing unusual gets me psyched for. A game. I, I just think I'm, I'm quite carved during the game day. I can I can laugh and joke with me a hundred percent at the same time. And I think that shows with the way I play sometimes. I think oh lack of play, lack of play. Yeah, yeah. Right. Recently, it's two pints. I'll have you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right. Go on. Go on, uh, Cooney. Finish us off. Um. Said it again. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, in terms, I, I wouldn't really call it a ritual, but I've followed the same sort of plan each sort of game day. Like, I bet I don't really like to eat before a game. As weird as it sounds, I eat minimally because feeling full is the worst thing I can do before a game because it makes me feel lethargic and slow. So I keep that down to a minimal. But then in terms of actually getting into like the change rooms and stuff, I get my boots on first, get everything sorted, I don't take my time, get out, just, I walk around pretty much, uh, chuck a rugby ball about, just get used to it, because, you know, just get the skills warmed up, and then, after that, like, we, we've done, you know, your individuals, everyone's going to stay out for a bit longer, but I just, when everyone's out, I like to go back in, and just sit and play music, so that would be, what's this, a song that I used to play a lot before game day was, um, I forgot what was it. I think it's called Bruce Wayne by um, Bugs and Malone. Oh, Bugs and Malone, yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. I just play that song and it gets me in the zone. But then <laughs> I change it up to a, a, any calm song. So then it just sort of steadies me. I'm like, right, I know what I need to do it. Then, yeah, you just train. You go, you go from uh, Bugs and Malone to uh, Passenger. Let her go. Yeah, or the cinematic, <laughs> cinematic orchestra, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the time. Isn't it now? Nothing, nothing. Okay, mate. <laughs> uh, they're decent, they're, they're not bad. Yeah. Fill cool, up. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, we'll be back in uh, a second. back after our little intermission um so we're just going to keep this really specific now boys 
Um, we're going to talk a bit about the Six Nations because that's all. Well, <laughs> you can kind of watch at the moment and feel like we're involved uh, with the rugby community, you know. So, yep. start off with, we're just going to bring up England. And I'm not going to lie, I watch, I listen to a lot of podcasts already about all this and everyone's saying exactly the same things and I'm kind of just jumping on the bandwagon. I just don't see how you can have a, success, a successful squad, okay, when majority of the spine in your team hasn't played before well, well before December. So let's have our thoughts on that. What do you think about the Saracens, lads? And do you think they shouldn't be in the team? No. Well, it's... I think I think if they've if Eddie's invited them down to you know, I say Eddie like he's my best mate. But I say if Eddie. Probably have a nice Stella together. <laughs> he definitely does not drink Stella, I can tell you. Fast, that's a good call. No, um, <laughs> I think if he, if he invites a down uh, to like the training camp and they train really, really well, it, we don't know this. They could have done. They could have been unreal in training in that little segment that they did before the start of the Six Nations. You could then argue, is it unfair for them not to make it? Because they're not in the public eye of playing every week. But you also got you also got the other saying: Are they match fit? They can come into training session really good and all that, but can they last the full eighty? Or Mario Torja, for example, he's a good, he's yeah. a good player. But can he? Should have fuck up, you know? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it here first. Eddie Jones, yeah. shut the fuck up, you knob. You know what? I'm just going to include that in it. Please. <laughs> right, go on, right, so. <laughs> As I was saying. <laughs> oh, I've never had that happen to me before. <laughs> <laughs> it, reminds me of, it reminds me of that interview, you know, on live TV and that kid bus free. He's like, the kid, he's just thinking about really quick. That was just basically just happened. Uh, oh, brilliant. Anyway, uh, uh, I was saying, are, are we going to be match fit? Is there anyone out there better than Mario Toje? Is there anyone better out than Farrell? Because Farrell's not playing exactly the best at the moment in time. This is what I was going to say to the next conversation of bringing on Owen Farrell about this, is that normally, right, so you have a world-class player, okay? World-class players have shit games. That's fine. It's rugby. It's a sport. Everyone's human. I'm not disputing that. But you'd think that when you've had a really poor game to start off with, you try and pick your game up into the next game. And I just seen Owen Farrell in that in against Italy, and I just seen, seen him play, and... It's like he's getting frustrated with himself. He is really getting frustrated himself. And I don't know if that's because of his captaincy that he feels like he has that that duty of care for the team, which he does. But he needs to take that frustration out, not on the opposite player, going towards his bloody head and nearly getting bloody sent off. Because in my eyes, okay, yeah, it was towards, it was chest to back. And if you look at it and you, you, you slow down the, uh, the, the tackle, which he did in the Italy game, but still he was off the ball. And he didn't have the ball with him, and he he took him out from that like from an awkward angle, and that frustration's not what you want in in a, in a captaincy role. You want someone you, you can lead by example, 
But can I intervene here? If this wasn't on TV, saying the Six Nations wasn't hosting on TV, you wouldn't. They wouldn't come back to that and talk about it. If they, it got it got let go, the referee. If, if the referee saw it in the first state, he should have said something like then. But he looked at the replay and he said, yeah, "Oh, the, the, the the Italian player um, was it Varney? I think it was um, it was nine one. I think." Yeah. No, I think it was Varney. Well, anyway, he got he got smacked. That's fine. But then he was holding his head, and that's why they had to go back to the TMO, which is fine because that. that well, do you not think? Do you not, not think sometimes they're milking it? Well, do yeah, because I would milk do that. I would. It, do it that. Does, but it still, it was still off the ball. Can't get away with anything. Oh yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it wasn't off the ball. I'm saying if it wasn't replayed on the big TV, the referee wouldn't have said anything. But it was. Replayed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, everything but, you know, worse in slow-mo. Everything looks worse in slow-mo as well. Yeah, definitely. Everything's worse in slow-mo as well. How well, many times did ITV show the of the of the of the hit? Right, well, I'm just saying this. Over do you think do you think it was a yellow card? Um, slow down, yeah. It so, was a yellow card. Exactly, so well, do you think it was a do you think it was a yellow card? He's come he's come to no that. He, he didn't there was, there, say, it was fine. In the law, in the law of the thing, it was fine because it was chest to his back, and I understand that because he, he was just passed it, but it was still off the ball, and it was still dangerous and reckless. That's the point. But there's no, there's no. If if he hit his head, if it was the same action, he was a bit smaller or something, and he hit his head. That's it. It, it would have been probably a red card, but he was still off the ball. So, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like I know what you're trying to say, but it's at the end. I don't think it was a yellow. I think. It, I think when you you've got to take in the fact that you're in the middle of a game, and it's it's not a big hit. I'd say it didn't look that, that malicious. I think I think because because you're shown the replay so many times, and I think this is what I, you touched upon. It's his reputation. I think if he didn't have a reputation, reckless hits and high tackles, yeah, then it'd be such that a problem. very true. Because it is Owen foul. It's almost like yeah. oh, he's done this again. He's done this again, and. Media, as much as people say, will try and pick that out and say, "Look so at that, Owen they only pick up, they only... But they, sorry, sorry to interrupt again, <laughs> but it, it, they always say, like you said, that it's just always the one bad thing he does, and it's not. It's never about his performance. See, so I'm not, I'm not backing him up. I'm saying, I'm not saying he's the best player in the world as such. See, I looked at that game against Italy. Okay. And I'm not disputing. I'm I'm not slagging off Italy here, but they are one of the they, they are the lowest class uh, team in the Six Nations. They are. There's no beating around the bush with that. They are, um, and they actually played quite well. And they did really well, you know, for what it was. And they played well in the in the first round as well. But I didn't. I looked at that game and I looked at Owen Farrell's performance, and I will, I will put, I I will turn around and say that was one of his most poorest games. Bar Scotland in the first round of him wearing the uh, of wearing the uh, wearing the jersey, and I don't know what it is, but then the media is going to bring it back to him not being able to play well, him not playing for Saracens. But I just see it as the fact that there is something else going on there. So is that the chemistry between him and his other players? Is that the chemistry of the position he's trying to play? Because that's two weeks running now where. He's played different positions. But where would you put him? That's your personal opinion. He's captain. I'd play him in the centres. Yeah, yeah exactly. And form goes out the window because he is captain. So I think he, 
I, I can generally see him stepping up now against Wales and having a good game, and then everyone's going to forget about this. But then people are going to still forget about us losing Scotland in that first round, and it was embarrassing. We we, we went in as the as the favourites, and Cooney, you can back me up because you you kind of support Scotland in a way. Okay, so this is where I wanted to come in then because I didn't have a chance to fully in depth watch it, the England Italy game, but the Scotland game, my work that's finished, and. <sighs> I'm not in part of, well, I support England, but my brother, or one of my brothers is half Scottish. Well, no, they both are, but the one that's more involved with rugby, yeah, especially, obviously. And yeah, so I've always, I've got a bit of Scotland stash. That's irrelevant. Like, I, what I wanted to see from that first game. Get Cooney in for Scotland. Get Cooney in. <laughs> Shut up, Nicole. No, seriously. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to see was just a good game of rugby, as everyone did. And so which game? Which game are you on about here? You're on about the Scotland England. Scotland England first round. Okay. Yeah. Not only did Scotland blow them out of the water, England didn't turn up, and that's my honest opinion. And just you can blame that on you know amalgamation of things. You had new players in the roster that haven't had previous game time. Well, a lot of previous game time, you could say. And then you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. say something. Okay. But in that first round, which really stood out for me, is that was Owen Farrell playing 10? He was playing 10. 12. Was he 12 on it? He was playing 10 in the first game. Was he? Yeah, he was at, yeah, he was at 10 for Scotland. Okay. Uh-huh. So in that first game, okay, I would never play him as a 10. I, I just wouldn't. I would, I would keep him in the centres. But you look at the difference of how many times the ball got to Ollie Lawrence in the centres. It got to him once in the whole game. Yeah. I think yeah, that's what I was going to say. The distribution yeah, there was, no was distribution. minimal. Absolutely, and, and that's what I feel bad for players like Ollie Lawrence stepping up into such you know. And then the, the, he gets the, you know the thing, he gets the backlash of him having a shit game. Well, he can't do anything. He hasn't got the fucking ball. I think I want to I want to bring in Eddie Jones for this part, and I I thought about it. I'm not saying this is a correct decision for me. Let's get him on as a guest. Yeah, let's get him on as a guest. <laughs> I want to touch upon the, his use of substitutions. And I think yeah. in that Scotland yeah. game, he didn't change it quick enough. And I, it's not just the Scotland game I've seen it in. I want to go back to the Rugby World Cup final. Us, us against South Africa. On paper, yeah. we should beat them. They were doing us in the scrums and that set them up a platform for them to go to score. Cheslin, Kobe... Had the ball basically easily, it quickly straight into him. And I think when we started to turn it around was when we brought on our props, but it was too late. And okay. I think Eddie, Eddie doesn't use his substitutions as good enough as I think he should do. I think Jack Willis should have came on in that England Scotland game earlier. Yeah. Just to break up Scotland's momentum, his turnover game's unreal. Unfortunately, That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm going to say he's probably up Scotland, there with one of the best turnovers in the game. Yeah, really Scotland. Good just had aggressive attack. We all know Cam Redpath. We know uh, how much... Redpath did really well in that, in that first game. Uh, no, me and my dad said that. He did. He did I thought he did very well. He did, he did what he needed to do. Like, like Going off that line out, what I was on about that, that set play, he targeted Owen Farrell right at, right at that shoulder. Because this was another thing that I was, re- uh, what I was looking on like Twitter and stuff. Is That could have gone two ways. That could have gone Cam getting absolutely twatted 
which it could have. If Owen Farrell, you know, if if he'd have gone for that 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 ball, uh, gone for that tackle, he could have absolutely, you know, nailed him. Or Owen Farrell could have absolutely done it in the wrong way and got actually sent off. So it's that it's that fifty-fifty. But then it also he didn't actually put a massive hit in. So it's like he was kind of being a bit reluctant to it. But then they got over the uh, the game line anyway, so it really didn't matter. So. You know what I mean? They they used everything really efficiently. The kicks, Stuart Hogg's kick. Okay. Oh, honestly, that's probably one of the best performances I've in that corner. Oh, beautiful. Never seen anything like it. He absolutely, he absolutely blew England out of the water in the kicking game because Owen Farrell tried to do this exactly the same thing a few phases late uh, in the, a few phases later, and he completely just it just weren't any. It just weren't the same. This, you know, do you know what I mean? It weren't the same. It just weren't it the just, same. I think, it, I were, think England also weren't I was going to say, <laughs> we've tried to move. <laughs> sorry, we tried to move to this <laughs> kicking game and always getting ter- territory. And I think personally, it shows that we're missing one key player. I think people yep. either overrate or underrate is Manu Tuolangi. I was, yeah, missed, I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Yeah. We miss his size of carrying and we build a platform off Turilangi because of the amount of people he draws in, the yards he gets. Yeah. Maybe Eddie Jones is now stuck because he hasn't got someone in that centres who can punch up the ball as good as Turilangi. So, so you were saying that's why they reverted kicking game? Yeah. I'm not saying that's the reason. No, it makes sense, makes sense because yeah. you've got... As talented as he is, if you've got, um, let's just say, Ollie Lawrence, let's just say, uh, yeah. in there, he's stepping up. He's He hasn't even got the ball to start with, so he can't make his mark. But, but then you've got to think, England are trying to play Scotland at the same game and get absolutely thwarted. They're just yeah. the way Stuart Hogg controlled those kicks and just pinned them down in the 22. It's just, yeah, nothing else you can say. Well, I don't understand why he would kick to the back three Scotland have had. I think that, that suited them to a T, is them having the oh, ball. Yeah. yeah, it did. So, the, and they exploited it and used it well. One question, I just want to incorporate this while we're just talking about England. Yeah. Would you have would you have included Marcus Smith in the squad? Yes. Is it eloquence? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, to be fair, he's, he, he is on recent good form. Mm-hmm. He's doing really well. He's what, just what, signing what, a contract with, uh, with Quinns. He's doing absolutely, he's doing bits. You know what, with with Eddie Jones, he'll pick the same squad he's picked months and months because he relies on them and trusts that team. But if he was England coach, would you change? Would you change the complete the whole team and put new players in to give him a chance? Or you should be looking at form though. You should be looking at players like yeah. Willis. I think yeah. you know you're two years from the World Cup. It's time to experiment because in two years' time you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Look at you got four. You got four years to choose. Who's going best in that what role in a national level? Uh, you got you look, at, you look at Scotland though now. You look at Scotland now though, like like they're bringing Redpath in. Like, that was a bold that, that was a bold move. Do you know what I mean to do that? And especially, yeah, no, we know who his dad. We know who his dad is, but yeah, especially when Eddie Jones selected him up just while he was in his said for days. Many people don't know that because he did his ACL in the training camp. So yeah, yep. How do you miss out on the player of Cameron Redpath? What have you done wrong? What have you said to him that has made him? It's not might it might be his his own personal choice, but mm-hmm. to let a player like Cameron Redpath go in the centres, which 
we are and we're not having. I think Henry Slade is still very young, I believe. And not very young, but he's still he's not at that seasoned pro. Yeah, he's still got the, yeah, he's still got the progression, yeah. hasn't he? But we all so, know who... Um, oh, go on. Sorry, Nicole. Oh, go on now. I was just going to say, maybe an interesting factor for Cam, uh, Redpath, would have been just his dad. Uh, you never know. Well, that's what, just, yeah, it yeah. will be. Yeah, because his dad, Brian Redpath, Scotland International and all that stuff, um, could just be as simple as that. He wants to go back to those sort of routes. But yeah, just like Nicole says, he was on the path to you know England stardom and then... He weren't on the path for red. <laughs> He was on the path of blood. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, there's certain happening along the way. Yeah, it was <clears throat> shocking, but yeah. Um, Either way, bold statement um, from um, Scotland. Just moving on anyway, because we're just looking at a bit of time and shit. Um, yeah. Okay. The Italy mm. are probably one of the weakest sides, okay? One of yeah. the weakest sides. And I'm not being nasty or anything. They are one of the weakest sides in the Six well, Nations. All right, they're going to DM you after this, Josh. Yeah, they will do. And I will turn around and say one of the weaker sides, you know, admin. Um, but what do you think needs to happen to maybe change round? Would would you bring someone else in? Would you bring, I don't know, bloody Georgia in? Would you bring maybe a, an outside European side to maybe spruce it up? How would you... Do a, do a qualifier. That's what I was thinking. The top, the, I reckon, if you look at international ranking and say... I don't know, Europe's top three, bottom three out of England, Wales, Scotland, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then four teams, not three because it doesn't make sense, but making them four teams play out each other, whoever wins that comes to Six Nations. What's your, what's your boys' thoughts? Go on. I think you'll then just get a bounce back because Italy, compared to the likes of the others in the Six Nations, aren't as good. Then you play them against Georgia and Germany and Spain and stuff, they become this team that just bounce from each through. And I know it puts another team in, but it, it's just literally just going to be Georgia, then Italy, Georgia, then Italy, and you might as well make it a seven mm. nations. So yeah. it's almost... Yeah, point. No, yeah. I, so I, I agree, because the only team that I can see from outside the nations, outside the six nations that has you know real credibility to be amongst the big dogs, as Georgia, you know what I mean? And if yeah. it's always just going to be... Uh, a yo-yo between it's Italy and Georgia, then it could be worth just oh, just just this it. idea. Yeah. And I'd like to just thought of this, right? How about you have like a a nation a, a unified nation side? Okay, hear me out. Where the players who didn't get picked for England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, well, basically a Lions team. Think basically, basically, like a oh, junior nice. Lions team. Like so it's kind of like a barbarian side, but it's just directly for the Six Nations. And then you've got then the the if you have an absolute standout player. So let me just say, right, Marcus Smith played in this unified nation side, and he's the main ten. He has a fantastic tournament. Plays, they they come second or first. They're competing for a Grand Slam. They're doing absolutely fantastic, which it could happen because there's a lot of players who haven't been picked, and that player then can push towards the Lions. What about that? Oh, so it's think, almost like a wild card. Sort. It's like a wild then, card barbarian side, but just for the unified, na- like just for the nations in- incorporated. You, Australian coming into it, you need to be England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, Italy. Do you, know I, I mean? you know what? I support that. 
I'd say I'd politely disagree with that. Go on, because you say this unified nations team, you're all about Marcus Smith and all all this or they would easily walk into Italy's team. So in in a way like that, it's almost it's just gonna be full of not England rejects, not just England rejects, but No, because it would it would be like it we're trying to aim at all the nations, so there, there should be like a cap. So you have to have twenty five percent English, twenty five percent Scottish, twenty five percent Welsh, twenty you know, <laughs> Irish. That's how it would work. Then you're going to get the English, the Scottish, the uh, Irish, the uh, Welsh players who are going to unfortunately miss out on that because of a position they play might be the same as someone else in that nation, but they're better than such and such. It's hard to. I'm, I'm, uh, it's probably hard it's, to follow. It would already be so. The way I would the way I would work it. So let me guess. Right, Eddie Jones turns around and he goes, right. I've got. I've got my squad. I've picked it, and all the other coaches have got it. Okay. And then from that, then you have someone who comes in. Bloody hell, I'll be the coach and I'll turn around and go, right, let's go. I'll have him, I'll have him, I'll have him, I'll have him. Make it up. It's a nice ratio of different kind of nations. And then we go into it. And they will be weaker because they haven't got that that international, like, you know, thing. Because it would would be younger players, Mm -hmm. won't it? It would be younger players, realistically, it would be. So, you know, that's that's the way I, 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 I would probably look at it like that. Because then... Italy could still maybe be included. Oh no, but they wouldn't know. See, it's it's a tough one because then Italy have to get wiped out. But it's just trying to pick that game up. So every single game, you're not you're not coming into it like, oh, we've got into Italy this week. Oh, this will be an easy win. Do you know what I mean? It'll be a bit more. We don't know how they're going to play and stuff. I think it it'll be unfair to chuck Italy out because they are improving, and I think if you if you let them play. England and Scotland, Wales and Ireland, France, time and time again, they will eventually put up a fight. And some games they have, some games in Six Nations, they've turned over a defeat. And I think with Italy, it's it's a different style of rugby they play. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Parise, he brought in this offload of skills. If you remember that England game, they thought, right, well, we can't beat them up front, so we're going to have to yeah. outthink them. And they didn't commit to the rooks. If you remember oh, that yeah, game, I remember that. Carnage. It of was course, carnage. Yeah. I remember that. They really messed up, yeah. And I think that's why you've got to keep Italy in. Everyone loves an underdog. And the fact that you don't know what to expect them from them, almost. But then does, an un- does it come to a point where they're 26 losses consecutive and it's like, does there need to be a change? Because I, I've, I've heard interviews with the, with the Italian lads um, and they're, they're all like, oh, well, it is making us better as, as players. But then it's not making it's not making the competition any harder. It's it's kind of weakening it in a way because they're not. Do you know Do you know what I mean? That they're not. Yeah. That there's that easy game, and even if they do get better, so like if you think of it in like a graph, if they get slightly better, the other nations are going to get slightly better. So there's always going to be that massive gap where there needs to be. It needs to be closed, and especially in a massive in a massive tournament like the Six Nations, it should there should be a bit more. Um, you shouldn't be going into a game thinking this is going to be piss easy because you look at Scotland versus England in that first round. We were the we were the things. Yes, we were uh, Scotland were underdogs, and I, I, I get that. But there was still it's still very close, and you can call it. But then we we got battered by Scotland, but then went into um, the Italy game and absolutely battered them. What's the the logic behind that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's, it's it would be harsh to get rid of them. I think. 
like I said, the only way to do it, to make sense of it, is that not what I said, it's what um, Joe said, is the playoff. And, but unfortunately, well, to be fair, I'm having a look. I've got the world rankings up here. I came prepared. The closest team, so Georgia are above Italy, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, I, from a Georgian perspective, I'll, it'll be like just tagging at the fact that to get into the Six Nations. So, I would say give them a chance, probably make it a Seven Nations. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I agree with that. So, Final question, boys. Okay. Go on. We need to come to a consecutive decision of who is going to win the Six Nations. France. So, yeah, I was going to say France. I think yeah, France no, absolutely yeah, well clapped no, I, I think he's going to leave. Nichols spoke for me. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. That was easy enough, were not it? I yeah, no, spoke. it's just... Their performances, I think, they're going to win it. I think, yeah, I think it was... Um, it's, it's quite clear to be honest. I think, I think they've got the the momentum going forward now, so they um, Wales, they are definitely looking... they're definitely Wales, my favourites anyway. You are. I, I just want to. I, I think uh, France are going to win it, but I just want to throw in Wales. They're getting lucky. I think either are going to go Grand Slam. Uh, France. Okay. France for Grand Slam. Mm. Uh, very, very, very possible. I think they will. Like I said, with Wales, they've been getting lucky. They've had red cards in two of the games they've played and they've exploited that very well. Um, so it's all going to come down to Wales versus France. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Right, last bit. Some score predictions for the weekend. So we're going into round three. So the first match is France versus Scotland. What's your predictions, boys? 36-17. France. Yeah, just for out. Okay, go on, Nicol. Scotland obviously not going to go down easy. Yeah, well, yeah, no, they're bulldogs Uh, and fight, aren't they? uh, I'll say 22-15 France. In fact, I was going to lower it down. France win, but around the mid-20 mark and then I could go as low as like 13, like 20, 22, 23, like sort of like 13, 12, that sort of thing. Yeah. I yeah. would say 14, 10 to France. I think it's going to be a really mm. close game. I think you it's think? going to be, I think it's going to be like the Scotland Wales game where it literally came down to the last seconds. And then uh, with, you know, uh, Russell trying to get that little offloader and that little ankle tap, like it was unlucky, but I think it's going to be like that. I, I generally yeah. do think it's going to be as close as that. Um, so we're all we're all agreeing that France is going to win that game. Yeah. So Wales versus England. It's a hard one because I, I feel personally... like England gone. Sorry, Nicole. I I've seen Wales have been performing good, but we've had an extra man in both games uh-huh. for the majority of the game. So I'm going to back England. I think this week off has come at a good time for them. They they've got a win. Yeah. I think Eddie was hopefully going to rally his troops in the way to prepare for Wales. So, yep. Yeah, I'm I'm going for a 17-10 win. England. Nice. Go on, Kenny. I'm going to go with 20. Drum roll, <laughs> drum roll, sorry, please. No, <laughs> the Elvis no, no, suspense. Think really thinking about it. <laughs> I'm going for a. I'm going to go close again for this actually because 
England will, I just have a feeling they will pull their socks up. But yet again, as you said, Wales have been getting lucky. 2014 to England. I was going to go. Did you hear that? Yeah, I was. I'm going to go 20. Oh, I don't know, actually. See, I, I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. I've got this feeling it's going to be a really low scoring game. So yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go seven ten to England. Okay. I'm saying really close again. Right, we've got Italy Ireland last game on the uh, the twenty fourth. What are we saying about that one? Twenty two seven to Ireland. Uh, I, do you know what? I was about to go something similar to that because Ireland have come off two losses now. Um, uh-huh. I, again, you know, Italy's almost a circle W in the calendar. Unfortunately, I think. Italy will be eyeing up this game, seeing it as yeah, a champions. Yeah, no, I sorry, yeah, I was but, just going to agree with you there. Yeah, to be fair, almost cornered in the fact, and it, it dangerous. It's dangerous when something's cornered because you don't know what's going to happen. So, I'm going to say twenty-two seventeen. Okay, I was going to say okay. twenty twenty-eight, uh, twenty-eight twenty-one to Italy. I'm going to go. I think this is it because the way you look at it is. Italy haven't really got they, they they've got a bit of attacking threat. Like they, they can do it, it's just if they can set that platform. Oh, they, they they scored against us. That try they scored against uh, England was really good. Um so I think that if they execute that far like that well, I just think it's gonna be the defence what's gonna let them down. But I'm gonna say twenty eight twenty one to Italy. Bold. Yeah. Bold, I know, especially when I've just Especially when I've just been slagging Italy off, go and get them out of the Six Nations. <laughs> well, underdogs are there for a reason. And it, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I hope I might have to put a bet on that one. Right. <laughs> Here's a little question. Right, We've got a uh, someone sent him uh, to finish off on, and this will be quite a funny one to finish up on. Oh, great. Um, if <laughs> you didn't play rugby, so we all know I've got a business in rugby and actually play rugby, Nicole, you play rugby. Cooney, you play rugby. Yeah. What would you be doing without it? <laughs> so let's just say you've never, ever, ever played rugby in your life. What would you be doing? I we know what we know what Nicole would be doing. He'd be at Manchester United. If anyone doesn't know that story, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, won't, I won't. I won't say what I said on last night. I would have. <laughs> I would have got a world record transfer fee to Real Madrid by now. So, yeah, yeah, we'd be out in the sun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's difficult that be, because. Rugby's oh, my life. Because what I mean, rugby is such a big part of my life, and I've grown up with it literally since I've been about, obviously my whole life, but then started playing as soon as I was four or five. Like, I yeah. did, did other sports, but. And so what? I chose rugby as my favourite because there's no doubt, doubt about all, it. So. Cooney, we all know where you would be, mate. Go on. You'd be on the streets in Amsterdam. Oh, <laughs> got me. Got me. Sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. No, no. I like genuinely to. think I would... <clears throat> I think I'd be in the police. Police? Yeah. Police station yeah, I think I'd be in the police. Uh, well, you have to decide that one, mate. <laughs> and it depends. It depends on the day, you know. And stuff. <laughs> no, I, I generally think I'd be like a police officer or something. Well, I, I don't know where I'd be. Um, I think I'd, for once, I'd be as heavy. <laughs> I'd be a lot skinnier. You wouldn't be as heavy. Uh, yeah, because uh, you just see props. Well, you turn around to me saying you're going to become the next Mo Farah. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's a definite no. Um, where would I be? I don't know. I, I honestly do not know. Quite like me cricket. I'm just gonna cricket. I actually could see you playing cricket, to be fair. And Niall, to finish us up on, mate, go on. If I was not... Well, okay, just a bit of, like, a forewarning. Obviously... You, my love you, for rugby and sport in general is for all the sorry, sorry to interrupt you. For all the uh, the Kirkham um, people listening out, he would not be asking people how much their halves are worth. <laughs> that is just <laughs> that, that, that's just not worth bringing up. So I'm just completely gonna think about that. Dorted um, Niles a real estate but, agent. Yeah, if he was not um, playing rugby. He is a real estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> Agent, yes, right. There you go. That is perfect. Please wrap up on that one. <laughs> Niall, Niall. I'm not going to admit I'm going to be right, a real estate, a real estate no agent. Right, you heard it, folks. You heard it here, folks. Nope. Niall, there you go. <laughs> right. No, please. I think that's a good one to end on. Not going to lie, I think that's a good one to end on. No, uh, I've got one more question. <laughs> how much? Go. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, okay, it's fine. How much? Yeah, how much is your house worth, Niall? Well, a real estate agent wouldn't, you know, disclose that sort of information. He's good at the job, he's good at the job. Right. So, this has been our very first episode of Night with the Heavies. Uh, I'd be into performing arts, that's what I did. So, this is our tripod, so please um, stay tuned. Have a look on our Spotify. Uh, We'll be uploading another one uh, next week. We have a special guest, haven't we, next week? We have uh, Baba Tunde. Babatunde Isaac Adekoya Serrano Lord Babatunde Lord Babatunde so we've got him coming ah, on, which would be amazing um, if there's anyone right yeah. who wants to come on um, who's listened to this thought is really good wants to come on drop us a message on the social media platforms and we'll we'll have you on and that's that's basically it for our uh, first episode of the tripod so uh, thank you very much everyone thanks for uh, being a part of it Pleasure. it's been cheers guys it's been eventful cheers, cheers for listening uh, and see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>